Hello there. Welcome to episode 76 of One Man Watchpoint and Overwatch Podcast. This is, of course, a sleepy episode of an Overwatch podcast where we talk about everything going on in the wonderful world of Overwatch. Now, of course, you heard that. I'm tired. I had a very busy day, very busy weekend, but I must record. Today is a big day. This week is a big week, and it's only going to get bigger from here. So I had to bring you all the latest news about, of course, Overwatch 2. Now, if you're a returning listener, welcome back, and if not, allow me to introduce myself. I'm your host, Sir Dr. JM, that's at Sir DRJM, on all socials, so why not find me on Instagram, find me on Twitter, and follow me over there. And of course, reach out to me on Twitter, DM me, uh, tweet at me, whatever you've got. Give me topics, questions, comments, inquiries, whatever you've got for me to talk about on this show. Hit me with it there as it relates to Overwatch, Overwatch 2, the Overwatch League, uh, the Overwatch 2 beta, or video games in general. You know, I'm happy to talk about other video games on here as well, as long as you bring it to me over on Twitter. Again, that's at SirDRJM. But enough about me, you're here for the Overwatch news that you were promised. So let's get through things so we can get onto the news. Now, you can, of course, find this podcast on all your favorite podcast services out there, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc., etc. So why not give us a follow over there, leave a review, tell your friends, all that jazz. And of course, if you can't get enough of the sultry sounds of my voice, check me out on Ready, Set, Pwn your premier source for everything Vancouver Titans and Toronto Defiant in the Overwatch League. I'm, of course, the third chair over there with my hosts, Chris and Alex, where we talk everything Vancouver Titans, Toronto Defiant, and a little bit about the Overwatch League each and every week. Now, if you're still with us here, I mean, we're only two minutes in, so I hope you made it this far, but if you're still with us, you no doubt read the title of this episode, and you're excited to learn about Overwatch 2. So, without further ado, let's get in there so we can talk about the Overwatch 2 release date announcement. One punch is all I need. Now, I kind of baited you there because I'm actually not going to talk about the Overwatch 2 uh, release date information just yet. We do have a couple short, really quick Overwatch League-related stories that I need to cover um, because, of course, this episode, or last week's episode, rather, recorded on Monday last week and posted on Wednesday, so we had a couple days in there where we didn't quite get the news. Uh, That would be the 7th and the 8th, and, of course, on June 7th, we had the announcement that the Toronto Defiant dropped head coach KDG, so the news came uh, via the Toronto Defiant Twitter account, but I'm going to read you an article here from .esports.com written by Liz Richardson on June 7th. The article reads, Toronto Defiant drops head coach KDG. After every major Overwatch League tournament, teams normally make minor changes to improve their team, but some teams are taking a more heavy-handed approach to ensure success for the rest of Season 5. The Toronto Defiant announced today it would be parting ways with head coach Kim K. KDG Donggun, who has been with the organization for nearly two years. This weekend, the Defiant entered the kickoff clash tournament with a healthy 4-2 record in qualifiers. Once they faced the rest of the bracket, however, they were taken out with a 0-3 loss to the Dallas Fuel and a 3-1 loss to the Houston Outlaws. They've then got the tweet embedded from the Toronto Defiant there, which reads, Today we say goodbye to at DG Kim. The past year and a bit are filled with memories of your dedicated and passionate leadership. Thank you for everything, Dongun. We wish you the best of luck in all your future endeavors. The article then continues, KDG was appointed head coach at the end of the 2020 season, coming over from the Philadelphia Fusion. He was part of the team's major rebuild in 2021, which included bringing over players from the Fusion, like main tank Sato. With dismal results in 2021, the team rebuilt again for 2022, adding big-name talent like former San Francisco Shock support Twilight. According to a tweet from Adam Adamu, co-founder of Overactive Media, 
of the Defiance Ownership Group, assistant coach Moby Dick will be stepping up as interim head coach. While most social media posts about KDG's departure were grateful and congratulatory, his departure wasn't without controversy. Former player Logics responded to the Toronto Defiance announcement with, quote, Thank, F-word, took you long enough. End quote indicating he was likely unhappy with his time under KDG's coaching. So, there you have it, a bit of a bombshell from the Toronto Defiant. I know on last week's episode, we talked a lot about the Vancouver Titans and uh, their changes to their coaching staff. Of course, they let go of their head coach and uh, assistant coach in uh, Flubby and Pew. And the sort of discussion around that centered a lot around uh, the performance really lacking and bringing in an entirely new squad this past season, but keeping the same coaching staff. Obviously, people had been very vocal, um, you know, not just on the internet, but also people with, with you know, big names uh, like Reinforce, for example, uh, really targeting the coaching staff and saying kind of, why didn't we see any changes on this side of things? We saw you clean house on the other side, but for some reason you aren't doing anything on the coaching staff. And well, obviously they made those changes uh, this past week. Now, now we see Toronto doing something very similar, which is also, again, interesting given the fact that Toronto let go of their entire roster with the exception of Hisu from the past uh, season. So it did beg the question, you know, what is going on? Why is KDG uh, still in charge? Um, but at the same time, I mean, I think larger concerns have been raised because the Toronto Defiant are also one of the most I feel like mid-performing teams, and I say this obviously as a Toronto Defiant fan, um, they traditionally have had a history of, you know, not being near the top, not necessarily being near the bottom, you know, maybe closer to the bottom, but more of a mid-table team. And it has seemed largely like that's exactly where they are this season again, despite some pretty significant changes. If we look at the current standings, they're sitting in sixth with, again, still a record of four and two, five points on the on the uh, 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 score sheet right now. Um, the Houston Outlaws ahead of them by one slot, still with five points. The Florida Mayhem above that in fourth place. Again, still with five points, but it seems like the Toronto Defiant are kind of once again in the same cycle, if you will. Now, that also uh, doesn't say anything about Moby Dick. I think Moby Dick being brought in at the beginning of this past season was in a lot of ways kind of a hint at something to come. Um, we know that they've had uh, some some good relations with Moby Dick in the past. Um, and I think anyone that was kind of reading between the lines knew that KDG was on the last year of his contract. And it was probably a bit of a... Um, you know, put up or shut up uh, kind of season for KDG. Obviously, things went well enough for Toronto. You know, they got wins here and there, and they made it into the tournament. But the fact that they couldn't even get a single win against teams that they had previously beat uh, before the tournament, I'm speaking, of course, of Houston, um, really kind of indicated that I don't think much had changed or we hadn't seen much improvement. So I'm very hopeful that these changes mean good things for the Toronto Defiant. Um, hopefully... Uh, Moby Dick can make some have some significant impact. If we look at the schedule upcoming, which we'll do towards the end of uh, the episode here as well, but Friday, June 17th at 1 p.m. Mountain Time, I believe these are local, yep, uh, the Toronto Defiant are playing the London Spitfire. So there's definitely a win, a hopeful win in the books there. Um, I think most people would probably pick Toronto over the London Spitfire, but it will definitely be uh, um, an interesting one to watch. Uh, given London's kind of recent rise and recent, uh, you know, strength in, in, in how they've been playing, but overall, given the the changes that the Toronto Defiant have had. Now, that same weekend on Sunday, June 19th, again at 1 p.m., the Toronto Defiant take on the Florida Mayhem, which should be an even more interesting match because those two teams should 
for all intents and purposes, be relatively evenly matched. If we look at the standings again, Florida in fifth, I mean fourth, uh, the Toronto Defiant in sixth, both teams four and two, both teams five points on the scorecard. So the Toronto Defiant should match up against Florida quite well, but again, we've seen Toronto struggle against the teams that are ahead of them in the standings right now. Um, Houston is in fifth, so we've seen them struggle with them. Even teams below them, we've seen them struggle with, uh, you know, a name like the Washington Justice comes to mind. So big weekend for the Toronto Defiant, hoping for two wins uh, for them. If, uh, if you're a Toronto Defiant fan, of course, um, which I am. I'm also a Florida Mayhem fan, though, and, you know, given Florida's performance, I kind of am rooting a little more for the Florida Mayhem. So I think I'll probably be, you know, I'll be happy with either result. I'll be impressed if Toronto can win. Uh, but again, you know, we'll see what happens this upcoming weekend. So there you have it. Um, I don't know if I did mention there, uh, I think the article did mention, that Moby Dick will be interim head coach. Um so hopefully good things there. I do kind of hope that it's, you know, a bit of a trial for Moby Dick. If he performs up to snuff, then I am hopeful that he'll just get, you know, a head coaching, uh, head coach position. If not this season, by next season, I hope he'll be moved into that position. Again, assuming we see some increase in performance, assuming we see some form of change, and it may even not necessarily be something that we as viewers can notice, but, you know, perhaps within the organization, they see some uh, a morale shift. We see, you know, some leadership takeoff or something to that extent. It would just be great to see any sort of improvement or or, or hear anything about uh, about a, a better culture, a better organization uh, than what we've heard in the past. Because, again, um, you know, a week or two ago on this very show, we were reporting on the fact that there were problems with uh, players like Muse and Finale having having challenges with specifically head coach KDG. So I digress. Let's move on to our next story. So this time around on June 10th, we're going to read an article here by Scott Dew, which reads, Overwatch Pride Celebration Twitch Rivals Tournament will support LGBTQIA plus community with $250,000 prize pool. The article reads, Overwatch has announced a charity tournament to support the LGBTQIA plus community next month, and the game is partnering with Twitch Rivals to put on the show. The Overwatch Pride celebration begins on July 12th on Twitch Rivals, and it will have a $250,000 prize pool, quote, to support LGBTQIA plus community, end quote, according to the below Twitter post. Team captains and further details are coming soon. That's not much info information to go off of yet, like how the prize pool will support the LGBTQIA plus community, or which charities it will be going to, or even which game the tournament will be played on. Since the event is still a month away, it's possible that the game could take place on either Overwatch 1 or the Overwatch 2 beta, which could go live again anytime between now and the event's start. The new Overwatch game features 5 versus 5 gameplay, while the original is 6 versus 6. It would make sense for the tournament to take place in Overwatch 2 rather than the original game, but it all depends on whether the beta is live at the time. We should know more about the tournament in the coming weeks, though. More news on Overwatch 2 is coming via a live stream on June 16th, where Blizzard is expected to reveal new information about the upcoming title. So there you have it. I wanted to highlight that one because uh, that's an exciting announcement for both uh, Twitch Rivals and, uh, of course, the Overwatch community and the LGBTQIA plus community as well. Great to see the support. Great to see some cross-pollination between, you know, Twitch Rivals and Overwatch. 
um, and doing something to support the community um, and everything like that. So I wanted to highlight that one just as a, as a you know, kind of pat on the back. Good job, Overwatch. They've got uh, the actual uh, official Overwatch account as well tweeting out about this. Uh, the tweet is embedded in the article there. It reads, Cheers, love. Overwatch Pride celebration begins July 12th on at Twitch Rivals. $250,000 prize pool to support LGBTQIA plus community. Team captains and more details coming soon. This article is going to keep us on .esports.com this time, written by Liz Richardson, posted on June 10th, and it reads, San Francisco Shock adds Tank Mikey to Overwatch League roster. Although the San Francisco Shock put up great results in the Overwatch League's kickoff clash tournament, the team is looking to boost its front line with another rookie addition. The team announced today that Michael Mikey Konicki, a main tank who previously played for the Boston Uprising in 2020, would be joining the Shock. Mikey is a familiar name for longtime fans of the North American Overwatch Contenders circuit. After he was dropped from the underperforming Uprising in 2020, Mikey was a part of several successful teams in North American Contenders like Ardor and Bobby Wasabi. He joined Maryville Esports, a part of the Collegiate Circuit last year. Mikey was a part of Maryville's win against Northwood in April's Overwatch Collegiate Championship Series. The San Francisco Shocks spend the kickoff clash qualifiers with end the tournament with only one tank, Kaluge, who flexed from his usual off-tank standbys to heroes like Winston and Doomfist. Mikey's acquisition would allow the two to specialize in certain heroes and be subbed in on different maps, offering the team more flexibility as metas change. The first part of the season has been full of victories for the San Francisco Shock, who are the only team in the Western region to log a 6-0 record in the kickoff clash qualifiers. Though the team was defeated in a 3-0 sweep by the Dallas Fuel in, a tournament's, in the tournament's lower bracket, it was hardly a subpar showing for the team full of rookies. Next week, San Francisco will once again face off against the Dallas Fuel on June 16th at 3.30 p.m. CT as the Midseason Madness qualifiers begin. So, good news for you Shock fans out there. Seems like the uh, Shock are bolstering their roster even just a little bit um, in, you know, maybe a needed category. I think there are other teams that probably need to bolster their... Um, their tank line a little bit more uh you know the vancouver titans for example come to mind um but i digress you know having one tank only or, or one sole dedicated tank um has always seemed like a little bit of a questionable decision so i don't think this is the last team we'll see bringing someone on in this capacity now that's all of the sort of quote-unquote regular news we have to talk about everything else we have to talk about here is going to stem from microsoft's xbox and bethesda games showcase uh which of course happened just the other day uh i can't remember what day that was uh that was sunday i believe sunday june 12th i believe so there was obviously a section uh where they focused on a number of blizzard titles um i believe overwatch 2 and diablo 4 were both featured there and in that, they announced a few things. So first things first, we're going to head on over to Polygon.com with an article by Michael McWhorter, which reads, Overwatch 2 launches in October will be free to play. Overwatch 2 will launch on October 4th as a free-to-play game Activision Blizzard announced Sunday alongside Microsoft's Xbox and Bethesda Games Showcase. The October launch for the hero-based shooter is called an, quote, early access release for the player-versus-player -player component of Overwatch 2, and will bring at least two new heroes, Sojourn and Junker Queen, to the Overwatch roster. The sequel to Overwatch will launch with at least two new maps, one set in Toronto and one in New York City. A new game mode called Push, and a variety of hero reworks that have been in beta testing since early 2022. Overwatch 2 will also usher in the new 5 vs. 5 team composition that's been in testing 
and played in the Overwatch League. Blizzard did not provide a release date for the Overwatch 2 for Overwatch 2's mission-based PvE component, which is still in development. In Blizzard's announcement trailer, the developer also showed off new character designs and cosmetics for portions of the cast, including previously unrevealed tweaks to Diva and Symmetra. Blizzard said it plans to reveal more details about Overwatch 2 in a separate stream on June 16th. Overwatch 2 is coming to Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Windows PC, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X when it launches in October. The game will support cross-platform play and cross-platform progression. So obviously there is a bunch of stuff to touch on there. Um, Going through the list, the first thing obviously is the quote-unquote, early access release of Overwatch 2 on October 4th. So this, to me, was uh, a a huge announcement, obviously. I think a huge announcement to the Overwatch community. Um, Everyone was very excited about this and extremely happy to see this. However, to me, there was one big thing that really kind of irked me about this announcement. If we jump on over to the Overwatch Twitter, when this was ongoing, as this trailer released... They tweeted out, hashtag Overwatch 2 arrives October 4th. Free-to-play live service, new heroes, maps, and modes, new tank, Junker Queen. Learn more during the Overwatch 2 reveal event live stream, June 16th, 10 a.m. PT, and a link to their uh, live stream YouTube channel. Now, the reason this gets me is because they're saying Overwatch 2 arrives. And in my mind, that is simply not the case. What arrives on October 4th is the pvp side of overwatch 2 which again yes it's a big component of the game yes that's what the entire first game was yes that's you know going to draw in a lot of players but in my mind what's really truly new about overwatch what warrants it being a sequel is not these new game modes is not these new heroes is not the reworks or the change to 5v5 it is the entire other half of the game that we have yet to see a lot of so it really, it kind of bugged me that they're promoting this as Overwatch 2 arrives October 4th. I understand they're doing it for the pop. They're doing it because people will go, oh, wow, the release date's finally out. Time to, you know, mark it on your calendars and it's free to play. Great. And then, of course, when the single player is ready, they're, I mean, for all intents and purposes, we're, we're kind of guessing here, but they release that as a paid Uh, whatever expansion kind of thing if you will which includes co-op which includes single player which includes all this other stuff um and and that's what they had really shown off you know in 2019 or whenever uh the the first details about overwatch 2 were really shown off um and i think that gives them another sort of marketing pop if you will i in the video on that tweet they even say early access october 4th and of course in the the i think this video that i just watched on their twitter is the exact same one from the uh xbox bethesda games showcase um and and they did say early access but what gets me is when they then go over to twitter and they simply post overwatch 2 arrives october 4th because in my mind that is simply not true it is mostly true it is you know about half true but it is not really the full truth. It is early access. I really truly think they should be highlighting that. Because again, when we had the alpha and the larger uh, beta that happened back in May, we saw a ton of content creators releasing stuff about how great it felt. But at the same time, we saw other content creators like Dunkey saying, nothing has changed here. I'm basically playing Overwatch 1. And those things 
made waves, right? Those things reach a sort of mass market, a wider audience than I think a lot of these smaller time uh, content creators that we see in, you know, maybe the Overwatch League do. So I really truly think they should have highlighted more of the fact that it is going to be early access. Um, I mean, hell, early access these days is a very loose term. I just think they should have really put that front and center to say to people, this is not the full game. Whereas that's exactly the opposite of what they're doing. What they're saying to people is this is the full game, which is not the case. So anyways, it's exciting news to focus on the positive. Obviously, we have a ton of new details here that were previously unreleased that we didn't know. And now they're being confirmed. So that's awesome to hear. Um, I mean, the simple fact that it is early access is kind of one of those details that's awesome to hear it means we're going to get constant updates where things are going to be changing they're going to be tweaking things they're going to be working on this game as a live service they even i think in the release video there mentioned that it's a live service game or something like that. oh yeah even in the tweet they say free to play live service game which is like such a buzzword such a term with you know in the days of or in these days where we have you know fortnite apex legends uh other other uh, Warzone games like that where they are quote-unquote live service it's totally like a hey we're putting this term on this game uh mostly for the investors right the, the average player the average fan doesn't really care that it, it's in early access but to me it is a label that says we're going to continually develop this game, which is great. Um, you know, I think Fortnite, I don't know if Fortnite ever even came out of early access. It was in it for like years and something like that. So anyways, that's exciting. Um, on top of that, they obviously showed off Junker Queen, which was a long rumored hero, really exciting stuff. Um, I've been pulling for Junker Queen to come across for a long time. Even before Sojourn was announced, I was like, oh, Junker Queen could be the next hero. Um, and I think they showed off that she's a tank hero, which I think they'll probably talk more about that in the, the upcoming uh, live stream as well, which we'll talk about in a minute here. So that's exciting. Um, they obviously confirmed things from the beta coming to the the early access version of the game with uh, push, obviously, with the two new maps, uh, Toronto, New Queen Street, and uh, and Midtown, New York City. Um, they didn't, however, highlight um, Coliseo or uh, yeah, the the what's the what's the Formula One one, the one that I can't think of. Um, Anyways, they didn't highlight those ones, which kind of surprises me. I, I don't know if that means they won't be in the game. Maybe they're still tweaking them to an extent where they don't feel comfortable putting them in. Um, and it could just also be the fact that they're just not announcing that those two are in the game yet. They totally could be. Um, so there's that. Then, of course, you know, it's 5v5. We already knew that. It's been testing before. We knew that, of course. But then they also showed off in this trailer a number of the redesigns for a number of the different characters, um, which had not seen before so that was really exciting to see um we saw symmetra we saw diva we saw a closer you know a closer looks at mercy um we got to see some more reinhardt we got to see some more bastion characters that we have seen before um we also got to see ash uh some and you know a new skin for bob and all sorts of stuff like that so that was also really exciting to see um as the article mentions there diva and symmetra of course were in there too and then they of course touched on the uh upcoming live stream that's going to happen on june 16th so let's jump on over to the overwatch league or the overwatch sorry twitter where they have uh that pinned tweet that i've mentioned a couple times goes over these details and of course highlights the live stream happening june 16th at 10 a.m pt so mark your calendars for that because everyone will certainly want to catch that the last thing that i really want to highlight that this article actually doesn't even really it doesn't highlight it and i don't know if that's a case of like the 
the uh, person who wrote this article, Michael McWhorter, I've followed him for many years, but I don't know if this is like a, he, he's not that up on Overwatch or if he maybe just doesn't realize this isn't the case already. Um, but like in my mind, one of the biggest, the biggest announcements that this actually gave us is the fact that this game is going to be free to play. That's something that had been rumored and hinted at and everyone had been asking for it for years at this point. Everyone was saying make Overwatch 1 free to play so that we can simply grow the player base. So that's amazing confirmation that the game is going to be free to play. That probably tells us we're going to have microtransactions for skins, for loot boxes, that kind of thing out the wazoo, but I'm totally fine with that. They didn't announce anything about a battle pass, which I suspect is because they're still working out those details. Um, but again, lots of people, myself included, would love to see a battle pass where you can pay for this to earn extra unlocks, earn special skins, special whatevers. Um, I think even some videos dissecting the announcement trailer uh, highlighted the fact that there seem to be maybe like keychain kind of things that you can attach to your weapons. Um, I think people notice them on Lucio and uh, soldiers' uh, weapons, so that's kind of cool. Um, you know, taken pretty well straight out of uh, Warzone and Call of Duty, but very cool. You know, a, f a feature that a lot of a lot of games uh, put in, where just a little extra customization on to to make your character your own kind of thing. The other two things that they highlighted, cross-platform play, that's obviously been in Overwatch 1 for a little while now, we've seen PC, uh, Switch, um, and, and all the other consoles, uh, PlayStation, Xbox, playing together, you know, for a while now, I think that's been almost a year, if not more, that that's been the case, but the big one that they confirmed, cross-platform progression. This, to me, is, uh, along with the free-to-play announcement, this is probably the biggest piece of announcement or the biggest piece of content that gets me the most excited because this means that I can finally jump back and forth from PC where I do have the first game and console where I primarily play. So if and you know, hopefully eventually when I do get a PC that I feel comfortable playing uh, Overwatch on, I can actually jump back and forth so I can earn my damn trophies on my PlayStation and then I can jump across to uh, the PC and earn my achievements or whatever. I don't really care about, uh, what, what I unlock on PC, but I would love to have my skins. I would love to have my progress. I would love to have my, my season and everything carry across the two platforms. So I'm really excited about that. And honestly, I think this announcement had some pop. That's for sure. Now, shortly after that, of course, uh, we actually jump over to another article here on dotesports.com written by Scott Dew again, this time June 12th as well. Uh, and this one reads, Overwatch owners will get Overwatch 2 Founders Pack DLC for free. So the article reads, Owners of the original Overwatch will get more than the skins they already own in Overwatch 2, Blizzard announced today. During the Xbox and Bethesda showcase, Blizzard revealed that the Overwatch 2 uh, sorry, that Overwatch 2 will be releasing in early access on October 4th, featuring at least one new hero, Junker Queen, and a special DLC called the Founders Pack. Quote, as a thank you to the original game's players, the Founders Pack will be free in-game to existing players who own Overwatch. Two new skins, General Doomfist and Jester Sombra, will be included in the pack, along with an exclusive Founders icon. Blizzard says more will be included in the DLC, but did not offer any further information. To be eligible for the Founders Pack, players need to own Overwatch before June 23rd, 2022, and redeeming the Founders Pack can be done by logging into the game before December 5th, 2022. Quote, this is an equally exciting and humbling moment for the Overwatch team, end quote, said Blizzard. Quote, our community means everything to us, and we have a deep appreciation and respect for the players who have been there since the beginning, end quote. So there you have it. Um, kind of just like a neat little little extra that they're throwing in there. Um, the actual tweet from the Overwatch account reads, Magnifique. 
As a thank you to our original players, the hashtag Overwatch 2 Founders Pack will be free in-game to all existing players who own Overwatch. Learn more in a, in a blizz.ly link. And then, of course, a graphic that just says exclusive Founders icon, two epic skins, General Doomfist, Jester Sombra, and more. So, kind of a little bit of a question mark around this. The, what does the and more entail? Um, I'm kind of hoping it's actually some some cool unannounced things what would be really awesome to see is like i was mentioning those those kind of keychain type things if that is in fact real hopefully maybe you get a founder's keychain for uh any character with a gun or something like that you know um assuming these keychain things that i'm theorizing about work across every weapon um maybe just and and i say they that that could be an option because they say and more but they haven't actually announced or shown that feature off yet so there's a good chance that if it is a feature they want to unveil that at some point, and that's kind of when they might say that, you know, included in the Founders Pack is going to be the Founders founders Chain or whatever, and, and it's a cool little, I don't know, Overwatch icon or something that you can put on any gun. That would be something cool. Um, you know, another option, I mean, if in fact they are doing uh, more customizable skins, uh, giving you a little more freedom around those, there could be something that you can put on, maybe a badge, maybe a spray or something like that. Um, I, I would say likely an in-game spray is probably also going to be included in there, given the fact that we know they love their sprays. There might be, you know, an emote that each character gets or, or maybe just some characters get, um, something like that. And as well, it would actually be really cool if it actually crossed over into the single player. Now, how that's going to look, I don't truly know, because that's part of the part of the game that we obviously know the least about at this point, so... Anyways, I digress. Uh, in my mind, this is a this is an awesome move to see. This is a great thing to see them doing. I'm um, really celebrating the community of the first game that, you know, in a lot of ways, stuck with them this whole time. Um, and in some ways, I mean, a lot of people didn't. But for those of us that did, it's great to see this this uh, kind of a little, little, little nod to the original community. So there you have it. That is that one. Oh, now, actually, uh, in my last article there, I was talking about the uh, designs of some of the new characters. So I actually did pull up an article here, another one from DottieSports.com, this, this time by Ethan Garcia, again on June 12th, which reads, Overwatch 2 releases trailer teases new designs for Ash, Ana, Diva, and Symmetra. So I'm just going to read through this one quickly. Uh, it's basically just going to go over some of the design changes that we saw in that trailer uh real quick here i do encourage you though go go check out the trailer look at look up a breakdown you can kind of uh find lots on youtube and just go through and you'll see kind of what the redesigns look like for a lot of these characters so today's release date trailer for overwatch 2 shown at the xbox and bethesda games showcase previewed many of the heroes that will be playable when the game goes into free-to-play early access on october 4th some of these heroes appeared to don new designs that we have not yet seen in any other trailer besides new designs four heroes already revealed, Ash was the first hero shown with an updated look. The gunslinger and her partner Bob are dressed as if heading into recon, completely with camouflage and a mask over Ash's eyes. It's currently unclear if this is a skin for Ash or her new base design. Reading between the lines, I would guess that's a skin, but I digress. Continuing with the article, Anna can be seen overlooking what appears to be Eichenwald with her back to the camera. Her cloak now has a giant bird on it and she wears a scarf around her neck. The trailer does not show what the front of this outfit looks like. Again, reading between the lines, that one seems a little bit more like that might be her normal outfit. Continuing with the article, the next updated design teaser is for Diva, whose changes are both to her and her mech. Her hair is not up in a ponytail, uh, and she looks older than how players knew her in the original Overwatch. Her mech has received a new coat of white paint over the top, though it maintains its signature pink everywhere. Now this one, if you ask me, is probably again, uh, sorry, sidebar from the article, this is probably again the uh, the classic look or, or the standard kind of skin for her. Um, it does look 
very reminiscent of her original look, just, you know, obviously tweaked and, and updated for the new game. Symmetra's new design was the final teaser shown in the, at the end of the trailer. She now sports even more gold assets of her, on, her, on much of her clothing, sorry, and new hairstyle and an updated visor covering her eyes and forehead. Again, this one looks like probably the standard look for her. Players can expect more information on Overwatch 2 to be re- revealed during the Overwatch 2 livestream on June 16th, where the team has specified details on the game, maps, updates, and the new hero Junker Queen will be revealed. Overwatch 2 is expected to go into free-to-play early access on October 4th, though it is unclear if that is for both console and PC. And that actually raises a great question. It is unclear about that at this moment. I would suspect we're going to get at least one more beta for the game before October. Um, To me, given the timing of everything, I mean, the last one ran for three, four weeks, I think three-ish weeks um, in May. I could see them doing another one probably, I want to say, in August, maybe July, August kind of time frame. And that, of course, sets them up nicely to then have a couple months um, to tweak things for uh, the October 4th release, where they can then, you know, again, uh, really kick things into gear, and hopefully things come to PC and console. I could also see that next uh, beta being available on console as well, to really give them a chance to kind of tweak things on that side of things, so... So there you have it. That's all of the latest and greatest news as it relates to Overwatch, Overwatch 2, and of course the Overwatch League. Um, So without further ado, I think uh, lots to talk about there, but let's move on and we'll go ahead and take a look at this upcoming week's games in the Overwatch League. Time is running out. We cannot fail. All right, so first things first, we got to do our pickums again. So we're going to do pickums here, and this time around, we're going to do our crystal ball picks because I learned that they actually reward 25 points on the pickums overall rankings, which means uh, my score is tanked because I did not get the crystal ball picks uh, for the uh, kickoff clash tournament. Um, and this, of course, locks on June 16th. So if you're doing your pickums now or if you're going to do them before June, uh, before this next batch of games, um, you do, in fact, have to get the crystal ball picks in particular done before June 16th at 1 p.m. MDT. So I'm going to do this and I'm actually going to check it tomorrow to make sure that it saves. So two teams from the West. What do I need? Two teams from each region to advance to the midseason madness. So in the West, it's actually a pretty easy pick if you ask me. I think we're going for the Dallas Fuel and the Los Angeles Gladiators. That should be piece of cake, guaranteed, lock it in, definitely. That's what's happening there. Now the East gets a little bit more difficult, but I do think there's three clear top teams, uh, and I think it shouldn't be too hard to pick two that will make it. So I'm going to pick the Seoul Dynasty and the Shanghai Dragons there. I'm going to save those predictions. That is saved. And I'm going to check tomorrow to make sure it saves because last time it did not, which sucked. Okay, so now we're going to head on down to our pickums and we're going to take a look at week one in the Western region. So kicking things off on Thursday, June 16th, we have the London Spitfire taking on the Florida Mayhem. I'm going to give this to the Florida Mayhem in a three to zero fashion. Then at 2.30 p.m., we see the San Francisco Shock taking on the Dallas Fuel. This one could be interesting. Um... And it could be a close match, but I'm going to give it to the Shock. I'm going to say it's a close game. Give it a 3-2. Then at 4 p.m. on the 16th, we have the Washington Justice taking on the New York Excelsior. Now, this is where things get a little more tricky because Washington, 
not looking too hot towards the end of uh, the turn or towards the start of the tournament there being one of the two teams other than the Toronto Defiant to not get a single win in the tournament New York of course only having one win on the season thus far so I'm going to give it to Washington 3-1 um, but that one I could definitely see me being wrong uh, just because if Washington's having an off day then New York could get another map. I still think Washington will win, but New York could take another map off them. And at the same time, if Washington decides to pop off, if if Washington has, uh, you know, deadlift decay playing, then they could annihilate the Excelsior. So anyways, I'm giving it to Washington three to one. Friday, June 17th, we then have play kicking off at 1 p.m. with the London Spitfire against the Toronto Defiant. I'm again giving it to the Toronto Defiant, but I am going to give London a map in this match and say Toronto takes it three to one. Then the Boston Uprising take on the Atlanta Reign. Now, Atlanta came in third overall in the tournament there. They did get a little bit rolled towards the end, but I do still think they're a pretty dominant team. So I'm going to give it to Atlanta. I'll give it to them 3-1. to one. I, could, I could see Boston getting a map. Boston kind of seeming like they're on the up and up uh, as of late. So Then we have the Los Angeles Gladiators taking on the Vancouver Titans. And I don't have a lot to say there. I think the top team is going to take out the bottom team in stellar fashion with three and O. Moving on to Saturday, June 18th, we see the Washington Justice taking on the Houston Outlaws. And again, Washington could make a play, but at the same time, I still I do think Houston has been improving. I'm gonna give it to Houston three to one. Then at 2.30, we see the Los Angeles Gladiators taking on the Paris Eternal. Paris Eternal looking decent lately, looking like they are making strides, um, even if they are still, you know, second from last. Um, in the rankings, and obviously they they still don't have a win. I don't think this is going to be the match for them. I'm going to give the Glads a three and O. I think it's going to be an easy weekend for the Glads. Two three and O's. Then the Dallas Fuel take on the Atlanta Rain, former rivals from last season, and of course, uh, you know one of the top or two of the top contending teams this season so far. I am going to give it to the Dallas Fuel. However, three. 3-1 to one or 3-2? to two. I'm going to say Atlanta comes out kicking, and I'm going to give it to Dallas 3-2. to two. Then, Sunday, June 19th, at 1 p.m., the Florida Mayhem are taking on the Toronto Defiant in a double points matchup. I am... I talked about it before. I'm very hopeful for this match. I really, really... I want... I, I want both teams to win. Um, I think Florida has the edge here, but I think Toronto could compete. If we see them come out strong, if we see them, you know, take a map early, maybe they take uh, the, the opening map, maybe they get on a roll. I could see it going either way, but I think Florida probably has the edge, probably like a 70-30, maybe 65-45 kind of split, um, but I'm going to give it to Florida 3-2. to two. Then two th- at 2.30, the San Francisco Shock are going to beat the Boston Uprising 3-1. to one. At 4 p.m., the New York Excelsior are going to take on the Paris Eternal. And this is a really interesting match. Right now, New York sitting in 11th position with 1 and 5, and Paris sitting in 12th with 0 and 6. So I could see this being competitive. And again, with Paris looking like they're on the up and up, looking like they're making strides lately, I could see them winning this one. And I honestly, I'm going to I'm gonna side with Paris on this one. I'm going to give it to them 3-2. to two. I think this could be an upset, though. I think most people will probably pred uh, New York. But I'm gonna I'm gonna side with Paris here and give it to them three to two. Moving on from there at 5:30 p.m. in our final game on Sunday, June 19th, our final game of the weekend with the Houston Outlaws taking on the Toronto and sorry the Vancouver Titans. And again, that's an easy 3-0 if you ask me. So 
So there you have it. That's all of our games in the Western region. The Eastern region actually has another week off um, and then returns to play on Friday, June 24th, uh, which of course is week two in the Western region as well. So I'm going to save those predictions, saving them in, locking them in. And again, as I mentioned before, I will be double checking on those preds to make sure to make absolutely sure that they save uh, before June 16th. So there you have it. That's our pickums for week whatever it is, week week six, week seven uh, of the Overwatch League of season five of the Overwatch League. But the big story, of course, is really truly going to be that live stream on Thursday, the sixteenth. So at the time you're listening to this, that will be tomorrow. Um, so mark it in your calendars. Make sure you have it down. And of course, hopefully, we'll find out some stellar details. Hopefully, we'll get a lot of information. About Overwatch 2. I'm of course looking forward to it. I suspect we're going to get information not only on uh, character reworks, on character redesigns, we're probably also going to get the announcement of another beta and hopefully we'll be finding out uh, that it is, if not a public beta, a much more open beta. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully we'll also see some console action in there and uh, I can finally return to Overwatch 2. So that's all we've got for now, but uh, let's take it on over to the outro try me all right well thank you so much for listening to episode 76 of one man Watchpoint. this is of course an overwatch podcast where we talk about everything going on in the wonderful world of overwatch as it relates to overwatch overwatch 2 uh the overwatch league overwatch beta obviously or the overwatch 2 beta and everything in between um if you listen this far, thank you so much for listening. I'm again, I am of course your host, Sir Dr. Jam. That's at Sir DRJM on all socials. Give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram. And of course, if you have questions, comments, concerns, topics for me to talk about as they relate to Overwatch, as they relate to Blizzard, as they relate to the Overwatch League, as they relate to video games as a whole, bring them to me on Twitter. Tweet at me, DM me, whatever you've got. I'd love to bring it to the show and talk about it and make things a little more interactive. Um, and of course, I'll, I'll shout you out and everything if uh, if you do submit something. So hit me up on Twitter at SirDrJM. Now, you can, of course, find this podcast on all your favorite podcast services out there, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, et cetera, et cetera. So give us a follow, leave us a review, tell your friends, and all that jazz. And of course, again, if you enjoy this uh, podcast, if you enjoy the sound of my voice, check out the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast, your premier source for everything Vancouver Titans and Toronto Defiant, uh, your premier source for everything Canadian Overwatch esports related where I am the third chair and my hosts Chris and Omni will take us for a ride each and every week. Once again, thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you next week with hopefully a ton of new information about Overwatch 2. Thanks.